Pedro Boys. Uh, Mudhorn Rakers. Mudhorn Rakers. It. We're in it. We're officially in it. Mudhorn Rakers is happening. We're actually talking about it. And th- I mean, this is on this time. is on time, and we're gonna do a deep dive on one episode. So this is the episode yep. for nerds. This is in the nerds mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. for those mega dorks, mm-hmm. um, techno geeks, mm-hmm. techno union. People that are mm. like, oh, let's see what the code is for Fallen Order. Oh, what are the Easter eggs? Oh, look at the code. Blah, blah, blah. This one's for you, nerds. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Episode four, technology. We here are getting this is, is uh, Pager Boys presents Mudhorn Rakers. Uh, we were in the fourth episode, which is the first half complete of this Disney Galley Presents Mandalorian uh, series of behind the scenes featurettes where John Favreau uh, tries to brainwash the masses into believing in his narrative regarding the making of the Mandalorian. And it's his propaganda. Right. And Pete and I are um, doing our duty in. Uh, Disabusing you of those notions and putting forth the the true narrative, the people's history of the making of the Mandalorian. I'm so happy that just came to me. This is this is the people's history of the making of the Mandalorian. Uh, but before we get to that, I've got a few things we can talk about. Up oh, that's front. great. Uh, one of them, it's it's not often that Po Boys gets a communicate. That uh, stands out above the rest. We get we get emails all the time. Constantly, people are always emailing us. Yeah, people um, are sending us communicados all the time. Right, but sometimes one uh, comes to the top, and it's just such a such a glaring communicate that it has to be addressed, even if perhaps the circumstances have changed in regards to the to the communicate. And I, I had a, a very important um, anonymous, we'll say. Uh, message sent sent um, through back channels to Poboys LLC that I've been asked to to bring forward on the pod. And listen, uh, we protect our sources. All right. Yes, we do. Some people say snitches get stitches, but that's a childish look at it. A lot of times, yeah. We as hashtag journalists, hashtag Poboys, hashtag for the fans. Mudhornraker Josh here. Mud Mudhornraker Pete here. Is we have to shed light on the darkness because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people Truth aren't playing people aren't playing fair in star wars sometimes specifically mm-hmm. johnny f so when Ugh. somebody wants to tell us we we're, it's a safe space all right pager boys yes. it's a safe space unless you're that scumbag john favreau mm-hmm, in which case mm-hmm. you deserve it okay yeah. so josh tell them what this communicado is all about all right, I'm just going to read it here, and I'll uh, please save your comments for the end of this communicate. I'll let you know when it's over. Um, can you ask Peter why he stopped sending me gifts in Pokemon Go? Was it something I did? At first I thought, maybe Pete just hadn't been paying Pokemon lately? But I've been keeping an eye on his Pogo stats, and I can confirm that even today he had caught more Pokemon. Did I memorize his stats, you may ask? The answer is no. I took a screenshot of them on my phone to compare at a later time. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, that is from I, Anonymous. That I never Anonymous. thought that I would do a plug <laughs> for Pokemon Go. Um, as you know, um, listeners that listen to Poe Boys, listen to Pager Boys, we love connecting with our fans. And mm-hmm. we're both on Letterbox. Um, I think my user handle is Pete Susco. Ugh, I just named myself. Oh no, um, crap. Um, and well, we're Josh's so far past that. <laughs> uh, and Josh's. What, what's your What's yours on Letterbox? It's Jay Diggins. But I thought of changing it to Joshu, which is how I constantly <laughs> misspell my name every time Joshua. I enter my name into a form on the internet. Uh huh. Like clockwork, uh, I somehow hit enter before I get the A in. I like, don't know. Josh, who's okay. Like the rest of the internet, I've been rewatching Avatar because it's on Netflix right now, and that definitely sounds like a uh, character that should be on Avatar. Like, I need to watch that at some point. Oh, the Avatar I met with Joshu. Yeah. 
that curmudgeon um, old Josh. Who, anyway, my my um, Pokemon Go handle is Peter FX. If you'd like to add me, I'll of course send you gifts. Um, That's not what this uh, this anonymous this listener has a crude Pokemon Go name, so I won't even begin <laughs> to um, illuminate this person, even if I did want to. And to that listener, listen, mm-hmm. I'm am I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I am just a, I, I'm I'm like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. Where I'm just not Pokemon going is is I'm not going anywhere, right? Um, and in Pokemon that game, stay at home. Am I right? Yeah. And as you're aware, I'm cur- you know, we're both in quarantine and, um, undisclosed locations and mine mm-hmm. is Ranch. out in a rural area. So mm-hmm. I have to run, I've, I have to physically to get to a Pokestop and Josh, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but nope. to our listeners to, to get to a Pokestop, I have to run a mile. Now, do I actually have to run? Yes. <laughs> All right, because what's the point of walking a mile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What's my mile at right now? Seven three. All right. But it should be faster. Um, a lot of times I'm not listening to the Jawas attack sound s- song, so that's mm-hmm. why I'm not at the four to five minute mile range. Oh, um, okay, that does make sense. So to that listener, um, I wish you would have told me. Um, and just send it to to me specifically, as opposed to you know, <laughs> just clowning me on the pod. But you know what? Message received. Okay. And I'm listen. That's the thing about us. We're adults here. All right. When somebody says something, we kind of make a change. You know, I'm not gonna block him on Twitter. I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> I'm not sending a hateful email. I'm not texting you for this person's number. All right. I'm not about to report it as abuse for this person's name on Pokemon Go. Those are none of those are things I'm going to be doing because no, we're no. Hashtag, hashtag, the for the, hashtag for the fans. All right. Yeah, hashtag for the fans. Hashtag 2020. So thank you so much for bringing that to my attention, Josh. And to that oh, person, let's 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 say his name is Roner. Um, I'm sorry. Roner Howard. <laughs> Roner Howard. <laughs> Ronnie, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, what can you do? What can you do? Um, so I have a few other things we can also talk about before we get into the episode. Oof, but I do need oh, jo- to okay Josh, it's, so I'm it's, gonna let you vamp. Well, so Pubway, this Pubway Nation, Pedro Boy Nation, it's your boy Pete here as Josh readjusts. We got news, 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 news all over the place. And by that, I mean just a bunch of speculation. Is Ahsoka going to be a live-action TV show? I hope so. <laughs> That'd be really cool. All right. Um, and then that's pretty much all that I've really seen on the Twitter-verse. We're not really spoiler guys looking for different things. Um, let's see. I haven't finished the Rise of Skywalker book yet. Um, I know that, I know... Oh, gosh, you just reminded me I have another thing I have to talk um, about. I know that you have continued to watch it. Um, no, Pete. No. Let's see, we recorded... putting it down? I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. We recorded, last week we recorded on Friday, I think. Um, and the girlfriend was working literally all weekend, like 24 hours on Saturday. She had to work. She's gone. The house is, is just me. Uh, and I just... Just I Josh, couldn't do it. Just Josh. I had every, I had all the time in the world to watch it. I could not for the life of me. Like, I was just like, I, I don't want to do this. I so badly don't want to do this. Wow. And I didn't. So it's, it's over. I, I lasted six weeks. I have a similar story. I have a, a similar story to that. As mm-hmm. you know, l- listeners, we have hashtag, Issues with their fathers. <clears throat> um, mm, and you do. Yes. We have issues with our fathers. And uh, my dad listens to podcasts from time to time. My we're, dad we're good. My dad does not. <laughs> 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 and I was like, he, he, we're in a little lull. You know, he was like, oh, what do you want to watch? And I was like, episode nine. 
and he legit legit like sighing okay as if like you were making him do something that would physically cause him pain he said don't do this to me oh my gosh don't don't do this to me and i i just i could see like which is also the reaction he had when you said you have a star wars podcast yeah and i i when i when he said when he when he said when he said that I just I saw the pain and the anguish and it was because he just loves the the original so much. He just doesn't want for him to have a conclusion to the story um, because. he. Oh, is that why? Uh, that's what I'm saying to myself. Yeah. Yeah. OK. OK. For no other cats in the cradle reason. So. Yeah, no, 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 no. Josh, you readjusted. All right. Um, yes, yes. Um, do we have any so, more news or I do, I do have a, a few more quick things to talk about. Okay. Uh, one of them just, you know, everybody's quarantining and stuff like that. Uh, if you're looking for stuff to watch, uh, it is decidedly TVMA. However, let's tie this together. Taika Waititi, director of, uh, the finale of Mandalorian, voice of IG-11. He's going to direct the new uh, Star Wars movie they just announced. He, of course, directed the movie What We Do in the Shadows, which we see a little bit of in the Disney Gallery series. They refer to the the effects used on that. And that is now a TV show on FX. And in the episode that aired, I think when this episode comes out, three weeks ago is it or Mark, two weeks isn't ago. Isn't Mark Hamill in that show? Yes. Okay. He has a guess what on the roll. So I will say, first off, Mark Hamill's in an episode. I think it's called The Return. Um, and listen, so that's enough. Listen, Poheads, if you're fans of us, follow Mark Hamill, okay? <laughs> like, you're not going to regret it. Very funny guy, um, super mm-hmm. sweet. Um, go ahead, throw him a like, throw him a follow. Sure. Uh, friend of Poe Boys famously faved one of our tweets uh, that I did tweet. No big deal. Yeah, you were um, screaming. I will say, also, just Mark Hamill aside, the episode he's in is one of the best episodes of television I think I've probably ever seen. Like, it's Sans one of the rare Wars. times, sure, where I was watching something and I get, like, a feeling of jealousy that I didn't make it, which is a weird feeling to have because I am not in television or film. But every now and again, I'm just like, wow. Wow. Uh, and that episode is so freaking good. It is not uh, family-friendly like our podcast, so keep that in mind. But if you're looking for something to watch, that show is really funny. And Mark Hamill was in an episode, so that ties it into Star Wars. Finish that book, The Power of Myth. That was whatever, you know. I didn't regret reading it, but uh, I sent Pete some uh, more excerpts from it that I'm not going to share on this podcast. Um, and honestly... Quite a ride. A, a lot of the stuff, just to give you um, a sneak peek, if we ever do a Patreon... I'm sure we can share some of these things um, into the beautiful mind that is Josh. I did not follow a lot of it. Um, and it seemed like somebody that had kind of been lost at sea for a while and only <laughs> was able to contact one person who happened to respond politely to some stuff. Um <laughs> Have you? So that I, was honestly reading that book is pretty much what I did last weekend in lieu of watching episode nine. Oh, really? Um, and ultimately, my complaints from last week about like it is at times very worldly and at other times super. Um, give give the know, listeners a refresh. Minded. A refresh of the book. It's Joseph. Right. Joseph Campbell is a comparative mythologist. His work uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces is is cited as a very big influence on George Lucas and his making of Star Wars and this idea of a monomyth and archetypical characters going through certain rites of passages across all of cultures, human cultures throughout, you know, time and space. And um, I read his book, Power of Myth, which is a a 280-some page um, conversation between him and a, a journalist, Bill Moyers, I believe his name is, uh, just kind of talking about his works and his beliefs and what he's noticed as similarities between different cultures and things like this. Um, so it, it gave me a lot to think about. I did, I, there are, there's definitely some cool stuff in there. Last week I read some excerpts from it where he talks about the symbology on the $1 bill. That was unbearable. 
Um, but it, it is also a little disappointing because it is supposed to be this grand view of the human experience. But there is also like a lot of like, but kids today don't have it. And that's why they're on drugs. That's why kids turn to drugs today. And it's just like, all oh, right, come on. And it's also very like, I get that he and man are kind of go-to pronouns that we use. But like, it's a, it's a very... Uh, male-focused take on mythology. And they talk about feminine plays mythology and things like that, but, like, I don't know. It just, like, seemed super narrow in spite of its grand scope. That said, it did give me a lot to think about. And instead of watching Episode Nine, I did watch Infinity War and Endgame back-to-back, which was... So that was, ha- that was your, half your day? <laughs> great decision. Oh, yeah, and it ruled. And I will say... Wait, did you watch the... Ex- oh, this- did you watch the extended cuts for both? Uh, there aren't extended cuts for either. Oh, really? For some reason, I thought mm-hmm. they're, they they threw in those deleted scenes and stuff. Okay. There are deleted scenes that they put on Disney+, Plus, but they haven't been integrated into the film. Um, I will say I had a very fulfilling, hot take Aladdin viewing of Infinity War uh, after reading Power of Myth, and I'm very thankful for that. I have a, 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 I really like that movie, and I had a, a heightened viewing of it, I think, after reading that. But yeah, I don't know. Power of Myth... You know, go ahead, give it a read if you're interested in that kind of thing. You're probably going to roll your eyes here and there. But, I mean, it is it is, it is a worthwhile read. I did get something out of it. Lastly, uh, in the disappointment column, look, what are we now? Three months out from Star Celebration? Something like that? And uh, they're, they're really dragging their feet and not announcing that it's going to be canceled. I feel like everyone knows it's going to be canceled. Or postponed. I think the responsible thing to do would be to cancel or postpone it, particularly given the huge amount of people from all over the world that are going to be flying and finding lodging and all this kind of stuff. Like, hey, why don't you just let us plan our freaking year and cancel it already? Whatever. They haven't. Um, It really hit home that they have yet to cancel Star Celebration when it was announced this week that the Snyder Cut of Justice League is real and is going to be released and that we got an announcement that the Snyder Cut is coming out before we got an announcement that Star Celebration is going to be canceled or postponed. What, what's uh, the Snyder Cut? Feels I'm, I'm very a, I'm unaware of this. What? Oh, goodness. I mean, the whole, like, oh, I definitely know what you're talking about. <laughs> cool. Joshing around. It's like Zack Snyder was the director of Justice League, and then he got let go towards the end of production, and Joss Whedon finished the film. And then the final film that came out was like a very truncated, chopped and screwed version of Zack Snyder's original vision. Yada, yada. I mean, that being said, you know, Zack Snyder got his say on Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Nobody really loved those either. Um, but, it, you know, fans have been like, oh, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. It's like three and a half hours long and it has all this other stuff that's not in the movie and it makes sense and it's great. And so they're finally, they're, they literally like rented out a billboard. Oh, really? They've flown planes with banners and say release America, and they're finally releasing it, um, which is neither here nor there. But like the idea that we we got an announcement that Snyder Cut is coming out before Star Wars is just like, yeah, we're gonna we need to postpone this. Come on, guys, come on. How would you feel if they did a um, what is it? Was Gary um, Gareth Edwards cut of Rogue One? And they did mm-hmm. the original cut of Solo. Because we actually haven't talked about this. Um, There's this video populating around. Um, somebody animated the leaked um, episode nine script. Right. Before JJ um, went in and they, you know, kind of satire, make it a satire a little bit. So like it's not at some points they kind of make a joke of the script and then they make a joke of episode nine itself, but um, they give you like kind of the broad terms of like what um, the original episode nine author was thinking. Right. Colin Trevorrow. Um, well, it, it's from my understanding, it sounds like this justice league thing is, is a more a unique circumstance like, they're not reshooting anything for this movie. Like, it exists. Um, or, and there's, if if not completed post-production, like, previous pro- post-production has been done on it. And there's, you know, everything is filmed. 
uh, as opposed to, you know, I don't, the the Miller and Lord, I don't think ever finished filming mm-hmm. their take of Solo. And Rogue One, I don't, I don't know how different the actual story is. I know they've done things like initially on Scarif, there were two towers, a vault tower where they get the plans, and then a broadcasting tower where they beam them out. Well, the thing, the thing that I'm, and those were put. The in thing I'm one. originally thinking of for Rogue One is in the early trailer, or no, the sneak peek. At Celebration, mm-hmm. they show Cassian and Jin like, running on a beach with the plans. Right. And so that's between those two towers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's why that whole stuff. And then, you know, if you watch the, if you watch the theatrical cut, the version we got, there's a very clear instance of ADR where it's behind, I think it's um, Cassian and shoot Bodie Bodie Rook's characters and they're seeing the tower and there's some pretty clear ADR where they explain that that tower is the all-purpose tower um so you don't get that really cool shot of everybody running across the beach with the ATACTs shooting them and stuff like that uh but it's I mean yeah it's it's not it's not like a fundamentally different story I don't think as opposed to like I guess the Snyder Cut but also I mean the Snyder Cut is also become a figurehead for like fanboy toxicity and things like this. Uh-huh. And uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see it. It's more, it's more just like if you talked to me last week about it, release a Snyder cut would have been interchangeable with when pigs fly. <laughs> and so we are getting news that they are going to release the Snyder Cut and we have not gotten news that Star Wars Celebration has been postponed and it's annoying me as someone whose Ticketmaster account is just full of postponed events oh wow I have so much on my calendar for summer 2021 now it's ridiculous um, but nothing from nothing from Star Wars what the heck just do it already yeah, hey, you know hey, making it painful for just everyone just do it already all right. And some of us aren't yeah. as affected by that because of the lack of events on the calendar, but yeah. All right. And just the longer they hold out, the more frustrating it's going to be for people who are taking them at their word that this is going to happen and, you know, trying to secure transportation, trying to secure lodging. You're just making it so much more painful. I guess, you know, it's still three months out, so it's not nothing, but. I just really feel bad for the people that bought their tickets in, like, February. And Mm -hmm. then they're now, like... I think if you had a ticket during Corona so far, you've been able to get a refund. But that's Mm -hmm. farther in advance. So I... um, Unless you have, like, um, like airplane insurance, I think you're stuck with it right now. We didn't Mm -hmm. do anything. Um, because right. we kind of, once we get there, we kind of like, you know, feel what's going on. And then we, yeah, and like who we're going to crash with and we feel a lot of invites. Yeah. And then, you know, we hit up hotels.com. We're looking at the different reviews, you know, um, right. George how big, how, us, wants us to stay in the guest house. How big is the gym? Um, how mm-hmm. close is it to all of our friends? So for us, it hasn't really been much of an issue. The one thing I am really yes, happy about, and this is way. more of like a being self-absorbed on my part, is that they have announced if they cancel, your ticket just transfers over. So to the next one for celebration. Yeah. So we don't yeah, have to go. So I guess just we like, don't have to go through that process that or, at all. I mean, I've said it before. Like, just bump it to April 2021. The last two have been in April anyway. I don't like. I don't know. My April's pretty busy. I don't know if I want to do that. Because I, I mean, it's just like at this point, if it does still happen in August, I, unless things change drastically, I would feel irresponsible for going. Yeah, for sure. Like I would, I would feel like I would be putting people at risk by going. I mean, I live with a healthcare worker who's you know going to the hospital, has interacted with COVID positive you know patients and stuff. You know, it just it wouldn't it would be irresponsible of me to go to that if it happened in August. And now I've said that now, so now if I do go, everyone's gonna know I'm a horrible person. So it's just, I, you know, they need they need to do something. It's, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. I don't know. 
May the 4th is coming gone. You know, you got your little powwow. You got to, you know, yay, Taika Waititi's dragging a new movie. So that's exciting. Now go ahead and freaking be responsible. Do this thing. I don't know. Uh, episode 4. Episode 4. Disney Gallery. The, the Mandalorian. Technology. We actually had a, AKA we actually had a pretty good transition with um, the Rogue One ADR stuff, but... Um, we just kind of had to let that naturally go through. So this episode, um, there's not really like episode descriptions or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a Wikipedia official description of scumbag Favreau <laughs> and his hardworking team of true heroes mm-hmm. reveal hostages. hostages reveal how a new filmmaking technology was used to bring the Mandalorian to life. Wow. That's a direct quote. Yeah. Now, I edited last week's episode, and boy, did I really realize, I talk a lot. I really monologue a lot. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot of me talking. I'm trying to be conscious of that. That being said, I've got a little diatribe I have to have here up front about this episode. I recognize that there's this issue with me, but here we go. Yes. And stopwatch starts Uh, now. Yes. The opening of this episode, last week's episode starts with way over dramatic music. And it was a bit much. Yeah. This week's episode starts with a five minute monologue by John Favreau explaining his place in film history and how he has pushed film forward through his movies and how it has evolved from Jungle Book to Lion King to Mandalorian. And this big, like, oh, everything we've done to develop technology this far, and I've been at the center of it, and aren't I important? Man, uh, okay, that's essentially, he's he's kind of man in the high castling the entire development of this technology because anyone within the filming community knows that this technology that ultimately ended up as they call it the volume, this room with the LED screens where you can project sets, right. uh, was developed in tandem with Pete and I's evolving fitness needs. Uh, Pete and I have, over the course of the last few decades, developed and been in pursuit of something called psychoketostasis. Hashtag psychoketostasis, hashtag 2020, hashtag yeah, for the fans. I mean, we've been um, talking about psychoketostasis. Hashtag psychoketostasis, mm-hmm. hashtag pronunciation <laughs> boys, um, for, for yeah. decades. Yes. And you talk about keto being, you know, keto is, a, I think, where you have your body learn to run on fat. So it eats fat. Um, and psychoketostasis is a way in which you uh, engage your lizard brain, your primordial brain, your base instincts, um, at the upper, uh, keto dorsimus of your prefrontal lobe. I mean, to here's what happens with it is Mm -hmm. when you're running, all right, when you're working out, Mm -hmm. your, your mind is set in this fixed context, right? You're at the gym, Mm -hmm. you're running on a road, you're running on a treadmill. What Mm psychoketosis Hashtag pronunciation, boys. Stasis. Cytoketostasis. Hashtag psychoketostasis. Hashtag 2020. Hashtag for the fans. What it does is it puts you in a situation where your body can actually be in an environment that it deserves to be in. Because we we have these out-of-world bodies where basically the human condition, we have evolved past that because... We have just beat every fitness goal, every fitness situation. We have mm-hmm. our um, Po Boys Fight mm-hmm. for Your Life 5K, Wait, Not a Distance. Yeah. And Wait, Not a Distance. We have been saying for years, like, wow, I really wish I could be in a position where, you know, I'm literally in the movie Pompeii with Kit Harrington and I'm running away from lava. <laughs> All right. Like that was something. And then I want like to feel the flames. I want to see Mm -hmm. those things Mm -hmm. as people are dying left and right because they are not as fit and swole as me. Right. And so you're asking, well, 
what's the value added in doing that? Why don't you just hang up a green screen and then project it and run around? But you don't psychoketostasis is a process in which you are able to, by putting yourself in these uh, very believable circumstances, you're able to engage the lizard brain and you're able to engage your most primordial fight or flight instincts. And when those kick in, you enter a state of psychoketostasis in which your brain is pushing your body beyond its physical limitations and actively burning off fat. Your brain burns when, off when the people fat. Are talking you engage when in When people are talking about how you only use like 10% of your brain, this is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is It's not in terms yes. of intelligence, which it is, and we are smart. It's Yes, we are smart. Pushing your body and getting the most out of it because basically, fans, all right, you all are like these kind of gas guzzling. <laughs> and our fans love it when you call them you yeah, all. Yeah, you all are like these gas guzzling kind of cars. You know, you're getting efficient as, you know, these standards are put in on terms of your range and how efficient you are with your. Um, you know, miles per gallon, but us, all right, we're still, we're Silverado Teslas. All right. We are people that were so, so efficient. And that's because of this mm-hmm. whole situation, which we've been pushing year after year after year to have this technology. Yes. All right. And we've bankrolled this technology to, and, and it, it is, it is more, and it does, as they talk about in this lighting plays a big part of it, your optic nerves, how that is all received, that gets sent to your brain, that helps engage the psychoketostasis. So that, you know, all the things he points out, all the stages in development, he points out acting like this is cinematic technology. This is fitness technology that we developed in tandem with our developing understanding of psychoketostasis and in our, our pursuit of psychoketostasis, which we have achieved. Uh, later on, they make a one-off comment about, you know, oh, this isn't proprietary. This isn't proprietary technology. And we can do this. Yeah, we know it's not proprietary. Why do you think it's not proprietary? We made it that way. We made it for the people. We made it so anyone who loves fitness and wants to challenge themselves can do this. I mean, this we originally did it for George. Achieve we originally did it for George um, because George was like, hey, you know, I, I need to get my actors in the shape for episode one. And you can see they're pretty swole. Mm-hmm. And that that we were yeah. in the early stages of that. So mm-hmm. we've been behind the scenes for quite some time. And we were not nine and ten years old when that happened. No, 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 no. We uh, 100% percent not that old. That would be ridiculous. Let, let me and Josh, this is this might go over your head. All right. But the analogy that comes to mind with this is we and the hardworking Star Wars team, which it was great to see all all the squad, you know, talking about technology. Um, This reminds me of the Last Dance documentary, which is, you know, currently Mm -hmm. um, everybody's watching. um, It's about Michael Jordan, the Bulls. And then there's this kind of weasel sniveling guy named Jerry Krause, who's the general manager. And he is like, without me, Michael Jordan would be nothing. And I kept, as I was watching this, I'm on like episode four right now. I kept getting flashbacks. I'm like, why have I heard John Favreau say those exact words without me? This project would be nothing. And I think that he got an early cut of it because, you know, ESPN, Disney, they're all owned and star Wars are all owned. I just kept thinking, like, this is the exact same thing of a guy taking advantage of the technology of the cast, the crew, and then just stamping his dumb face on the whole project as if, oh, this is all Johnny F. Productions, and it's not a collaborative team event. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to tattletale. No. But remember, we're 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 Boy Cybersecurity has in Poboy Cybersecurity has intercepted communicate from John Favreau in which he has done a mock-up of a logo for Favreau Film Limited. It's very distressing. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this subject before we do a deeper dive into this episode is you know, they talk about this screen room being called the volume, and it is of course called the volume because of the volume of our muscles. Yeah, I mean, which is very big. Um, and you're. I mean, it's right there. You're not gonna see that, but it just makes 
perfect sense why it actually is that. Um, I want to mm-hmm. start with I really find Dave's imposter syndrome so very endearing as he's just going yeah. back to like, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I mean, in Clone Wars, like, you know, I know I'm just an animator, but this makes perfect sense. It was easy to use the real engine because of animation. So I was kind of at my home. It's just Mm -hmm. like, Dave, you're a treasure. Johnny F is lucky to have you. All right. Stop Mm -hmm. acting like you don't belong there because honestly, you should be the one running the show because you are so much better than him. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it was, is telling that they, he kind of makes a one-off mention that he did a lot of second unit um, directing for the other directors on his show, which I think is exciting because I think it shows that he's, you know, really trying to get more experience behind the camera. Um, and the idea of him, you know, kind of getting in there every chance he can get and, and helping out on other episodes and stuff like that. That's very exciting. It, uh, you know, it makes me wonder if he's, you know, I think he talks about wanting to get more experience with this kind of thing and, you know, hopefully he has uh, greater ambitions behind the camera. That could be very cool. I mean, I'm always happy with anything that in Dave a, is in doing. In a perfect world, it would be Kathy is basically just using Johnny F to get Dave this experience so that he can he can yeah. do his next big project. I don't know if that's 100% yeah. true, but in my head canon, that's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, and there is this guy with this French bulldog, and he walks down my street a few times a day, and he carries the dog. He carries it in his arm, and he stops at the uh-huh. corner, and he puts the dog down in this one random yard across the street from me, and then he just stands there. Uh, he's been standing there with his dog at the corner of the street um, on his phone for five minutes now, and then eventually... He just picks up the dog again and leaves. And the dog is on a leash, but he carries it and he never walks it anywhere. Uh, and this is extremely distracting because I am by the window. I just wanted everyone to know, and I wanted it to be immortalized. This guy's a uh, real weirdo. Um, well, um, and, and <laughs> so those dog fans out there and you Frenchies out there, um, why? Like, just get... Get why, get why? a designer poodle like like my like my okay. like my Chewy, right? Good lord! <laughs> no, you, oh, you thought I was um, you thought I wasn't going to double down? <laughs> I guess not. So, uh, all that stuff aside, and yes, this was fitness equipment. We did develop it. This is a very cool episode, and I, um, I think George Lucas would be proud of the strides that are being taken forward in the, in the technology. And I think we talked last week regarding all the patents he has and stuff that his filmmaking sensibilities have always been um, possessed by a sense of forward momentum and moving the technology and the possibilities forward. Bryce Dallas Howard makes a comment about him saying, you know, one day you'll be able to do this in your garage and stuff. And that to me um, shows, shows a sense of responsibility he has towards future filmmakers and you know the idea that you know the prequels these huge blockbusters you know have the money to push the technology forward but as technology does you know the longer it's around and the more it's developed the cheaper it becomes and for sure you know the the technology that blockbusters use today is is a technology that will be available to you know filmmakers with with less means 10 years from it was, now it was such a messed up um, and it, it makes things possible for more it was such voices. a messed up thing that johnny f said uh i just want these directors mm-hmm. to use this technology so they can use it in the future oh wait i'm the only one that has this budget from disney to do this oh that sucks <laughs> i just like so many things i i was just openly cringing as he was as he was saying these things mm-hmm. um so, <laughs> Speaking of the volume, uh, skipping ahead a little bit, I really enjoyed the mm-hmm. conversation with Carl Weathers where he was talking about yes. um, just the change it is in being an actor when you have something like this. Because I had never really thought of it this way, but when they're in, spoilers for Mandalorian, lava, when they're in the lava scene, mm-hmm. there is Pedro, there's... Um, Gina, there's Carl, and then presumably some Taika 
And he was saying that before this existed, you would have four people imagining and then it'd be all of their different interpretations, which is like the Mm -hmm. equivalent of like the telephone game, I guess. I don't know. Um, Or. Yeah, it's because, you know, you think about they mentioned Jurassic Park in this, for instance, you know, and you've got, you know, two kids in the kitchen hiding from velociraptors and, you know. They're both imagining a Velociraptor, and and it does get down into the nitty gritty of well, how different is their performance truly going to be? Based, you know, they know what a dinosaur looks like; they're imagining a dinosaur. But it is a, a really intriguing idea that you know, I can't wonder what is the what is the um, difference in terms of having a more unified imagination, you know, and and having your actors reacting to literally the same thing as opposed to the same concept. You know, and act reacting to the same lava tunnel rather than reacting to four different imaginings of a lava tunnel, and that was really interesting and insightful comment on Carl Withers' part for yeah, sure. It was it was definitely very interesting, and it also made me think back to like you know movies and TV shows that I've watched. Of would this person's reaction be different? You know, would they lean more in? Would they have more of a surprise mm-hmm. or a shock from it? Um, and I don't. No, I mean, I wouldn't say it necessarily enhanced it. Like, honestly, if I didn't know that this technology, which we helped create, was being, you know, used, I would not have been able to tell that they are in a studio for, like, the majority of all of this. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I had no idea. Um... It does give me a very good hope, though, speaking of Corona and Mandalorian Season 2, of them actually finishing it because it's all in a studio and it's not like they're going into different set locations. So just a question of, you know, how much of this did they already finish beforehand? Because Mm. a lot of times they're just building physically building the sets. It's not them having to go to these locations. The only kind of work for that is they had to go like send location scouts out there to get it. This, you know, these shots to, physically put into right. the volume right um yeah i don't know it's interesting because i i've often thought like i assume with a lot of these big blockbuster movies particularly now when a lot of them are, are shrouded in so much secrecy you know you have to wonder you know if you're hayden christensen or whatever and you're going to episode three how much of mustafar have you really seen you know and yeah it it's like you are perhaps not actually seeing what you are in the film reacting to until you watch the movie. And I can't help but wonder if an actor uh, has been in a circumstance, you know, or a big Marvel movie where there's a lot of green well, that, screen. That's, and stuff that's like what this. I was 100% thinking of when you mm-hmm. look at the cuts of where, Endgame, of Infinity War, and they look at Thanos, they're mm-hmm. not they're not in the same cut, right? It's... Uh, a shot of Thanos, a thought of, you know, Iron Man. And then the Mm -hmm. two of them together is like an action shot or something along those lines. So you're not actually in it together all that often. And with this technology, you can show it as if it would be, you know, a normal TV show or a normal, um, a normal movie, which is just very, very cool. Yeah, and, and just, you know, beyond that, I you know, like I said, I wonder if, you know, you have an actor in a, in a circumstance where they see the fully rendered environment in the final film and think, oh, that's what I was reacting to. And, you know, I would have played it differently or, you know, you know it's interesting. It, it provides a lot of uh, possibilities. Yeah, I'm, for sure. Uh, yeah, the talk about the immersion was was interesting. Them, Carl Withers talking about being in the lava tunnel and it moving and really getting immersed into it reminded me of I think probably my least favorite feeling in the whole world, which is when I'm parked um, in a parking lot and then the car next to me in the parking lot starts backing out. But I just see it through the corner of my eye and a car moving backwards to my right makes my inner ear think that my car is moving forwards. <laughs> and I think that I'm about to crash. Um, yeah, and I am not trained enough to deal with the psychological issues that are there. So we're just going to kind of continue on with technology. It was nice. Um, I'm not 
super keen to do like a huge review of all of the technological feats that have been done, but it was cool getting, you know, um, Jonathan Knoll and, um, the supervisor for Mandalorian and episode nine, or is it just Epi- Ma- the Mandalorian? I, I forget. I, yeah. I I'm, his name is escaping me right now, but it was nice for them to, yeah. you know, kind of show the different things that George has done. And, you know, they, they're, they're paying homage to him a lot and saying that he was 10 years mm-hmm. ahead of literally everything. Um, mm-hmm. so it's definitely cool to see that they're kind of carrying that, carrying on that tradition. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a very cool episode. It was, it, it was really interesting. It felt like, you know, like I said, move, moving the baton forward and, uh, providing, you know, future storytellers and filmmakers with new tools that they'll be able to use, uh, very neat. I really appreciated uh, that they kept referring to anything that was put up on the projection screens as content. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like, oh, we have, you know, all this content. And I thought, well, oh, I make content. So I understand that. I know about content. This is content. You can put Poe Boys up on there. You know, Poe Boys Podcast and Demon. Oh, you, you know that they mess around with it sometimes, for sure. Mm hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I have so I have one thing left yeah. to talk about. Okay. Okay. And that's the real time engine um, that they use. So they use video mm-hmm. game technology to create all of this. Um, yeah. So pretty cool. For those listeners that are not at the hashtag nerd status, hashtag technology boy status, basically there are these different video games that you're immersed in an actual game. So think like. Um, for you Star Wars fans, Battlefront 2, you're, like, actually in, like, the world. You can move around and then kill stormtroopers and stuff. Um, and there's, you know, a bunch of different games. Um, Breath of the Wild was a game that I really like that's similar to this. And they're taking that to a next level of rendering all of it perfectly and then putting that on the screen. And then the actors are able to see what they'd actually be seeing if they were physically there. Um, that technology mm-hmm. is so, so cool. Um, I really, really wish that somebody had messed with John Favreau when he was wearing the VR and they were just watching him do stuff um, to just, you know, kind of, I don't know, punk him a little bit, but it's, it's definitely a, a very cool technology. Um, and I'm look, I'm really looking forward to them kind of pushing that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. And it'll be interesting also going forward into season two, knowing that this is the technology. Um, Cause I didn't, I mean, I had no idea this was how they were doing it for, uh, you know, watching the first season of this show. Um, and so it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting watching, more of this technology in use with an understanding of the technology in use and how that'll, that'll um, affect our perceptions of it. Uh, and I'm sure they'll, you know, continue pushing the bounds of it and, and refining it. So that'll be interesting. Um, do you have anything else on the technology? I have one more thing that's uh, long overdue. No, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, and I have the next episode lined up too to talk about. Okay. Well, uh, Go while, while we're talking about season two and the possibilities of season two real quick, let's touch on some casting okay. news Yeah, sure. and a sort of chess game of precedent that John Favreau is engaged in right now. Um, we have, you know, there's been rumors of Ahsoka casting. They're now talking about Tamara Morrison uh, showing up in um, Mandalorian season two, Timothy Oliphant. Whoa, uh, really? And then Timothy Oliphant. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then they a really big, exciting announcement for me was they announced that Katie Sackhoff is going to be in the show as um, Bo-Katan, who is the character she voices in Clone Wars. And I thought that, oh, that's really exciting. You know, they have the voice actress from Clone Wars is going to be in live yeah, action and sure. stuff like that. Uh, very exciting. This is, as John Favreau is such a fan of doing, 
another monkey's paw situation, much like, you know, oh, John Favreau got the director's list of my dreams, but he did it by poaching my guest list to my party and using my friends. And it's something I want, but I don't like how I got it. Uh, much like intercepting his communicates and revealing his plans to take over Lucasfilm, rename it Favreau Film Limited. Uh, I'm well aware, and I am also, I mean, again, very excited Kate Sackhoff was cast. I think she's incredible. I'm so excited to see her in this show. But let's be clear. What John Favreau is doing here is very subtly and slyly setting a precedent for the voice actors behind characters in Clone Wars to take on their live-action roles so that... He will be able to say, oh, I was a voice actor for Pre Vizsla. I should get to be oh, Pre Vizsla no. in the show. And everyone will say, everyone will say, well, that doesn't make sense. You don't look anything like him. You know, that character's not around anymore. And then he will get to say, Katie did. Not fair. Not fair. Katie got to. Not oh fair. Gosh. And I just want everyone to know that that is what's going on. And so when he does that and, you know, a season or two from now, you see him running around with a little alt-right haircut and bleached hair and his little darksaber. And you think, that's not what Previsla looks like. Well... This is what this is, you know, 40 chess this hooligan is playing. And of course, Pete and I are in perpetual psychoketostasis, and that dimensions have no effect on us. We are just above even dimensions. It's like a don't even worry about it. We're on top of it. And I just I want everyone to know that I am very excited for this news, but that is what's going on here. And we will do everything in our power to grease the wheels and keep that from happening. But, you know, just know that that's the kind of um, figurehead we're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of monster that we have to deal with on a normal basis just for you, the fans. That's right. Hashtag for the fans. Hashtag psychoketostasis. And and you'll definitely send me the spelling of that. Anyway, um, next week's episode, episode five, it's um, the episode is titled Practical. So really looking forward to seeing our boy Horatio mm. Sands um, in his, in oh, yeah. <laughs> um, his, um, is he a Moralian or no? Did they, they created him? Ju- uh, Who even knows? Yeah. Well, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm sure that we'll get more information about that. So, well, I'm inclined to think that that's essentially just going to be a whole episode about the puppet. though. <laughs> the pract. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, now, now I'm less con- less excited. Okay, um, so if you I would like wrong. to um, get a hold of us, podcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account. If you're interested, feel free to follow. Not the Twitter account, though, because we're getting dangerously close to 100 followers, and I said that I'd write a fan fiction. Um, Are yeah, we we're very We're dangerously close. So I... Dangerously close. I am I not excited about time. doing that. So feel free to not to not follow close. us on Twitter, and have a good one. Dangerously close to a hundred followers on Twitter. Always podcast Twitter. I haven't been on our Twitter in like a month. We almost have that many followers. What? <laughs> oh wow, we actually are. <laughs>